I was reading something the other day and it was talking about how people don't change until something motivates that change. And sometimes it is a instant like, boom, like this happens. You have to change tomorrow. But sometimes it's a slower, more kind of long drawn out change. And then one day you wake up and you're ready. Or one day something happens, you meet a person and they have an opportunity and you dive in before you're ready. Welcome to the Live, Work, Travel podcast. I'm your host, Michonne Thomas, a former middle school teacher who quit at 30 to become a six-figure freelancer and digital nomad instead. You're in the right place if you're ready to learn how freelancing can help you to work from anywhere, make great money, and live a life that you design. I'm sharing everything I've learned to get to where I am today in order to support you on your journey because this lifestyle is simply too good not to share. So in today's episode, we are talking with my friend, Miranda, and she and I go way back. Her mom and I actually used to teach together many years ago in what feels like a past life now. In Naples, Florida, I was a middle school teacher. Those of you who have heard my story in episodes one and two will know that. And I wanted to invite Miranda on the podcast today to talk a little bit about where she's at in her life and her interest in freelancing. So, Miranda, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Oh, it's been a pleasure. I'm glad we could get this on the book that's been like ages trying to get this scheduled and whatnot. So just to start off, why don't you tell us a little bit about how we connected and what brought you to kind of be interested in learning more about freelancing? Yeah. So like you mentioned, we've met before through my mom, which has been wonderful. And throughout the years, I've had kind of different jobs. I was a physical therapy assistant, did that for a while. And every year I would talk to my mom and just kind of tell her about some of the like ups and downs in my life. And whenever I was at some kind of low point, she'd be like, you know, I think you should reach out to Michonne. She looks like she is doing really cool things and it looks like it would be right up your alley. And every year I was like, oh, you know, I don't know if that would be something I would be interested in, like freelancing. I don't know if I could do that. And this past year kind of fell into that same place of like, what am I doing with my life? I don't feel fulfilled. This isn't the path that I'm trying to create or the life that I'm trying to create. And once again, my mom was like, well, I think you should reach out to Michonne. So I did. I searched you on Instagram and stalked your page and was like, wow, this is exactly the kind of life I want. Like, I want the travel. I want the work-life balance, you know, just all of that. And so then I reached out to you. Yeah, my life was looking quite a bit different <laughs> from the last time we'd seen each other in person. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Quite a change from my teaching days. So I'm curious. I love asking people this question because the answers kind of tend to go a certain route, I think. But so when you first think of freelancing, what comes to mind? Oh, man. I think it's a little difficult to answer now that I know more about freelancing. I think in the past, I saw it more of not really being stable or secure, not really knowing how many opportunities there were with freelancing. I thought that you know you had to have a very specific niche. But I think now freelancing is... What that would mean to me is it provides more flexibility. It provides more stability, more options. Like It, it is secure in that way because there are so many options. There are so many just available jobs waiting for you. So, and you kind of came to that conclusion after seeing my page and like learning mm-hmm. more about freelancing? Okay, yeah. see, that's amazing. Yeah. Because if I remember correctly, when we first talked, was I the one that introduced you to Upwork, yeah. that platform? Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, that's, again, that's a big part of, of why I do what I do because I use Upwork every day and I have for the past probably five or six years. And it just blows my mind that people don't know that it exists and that all these opportunities are out there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like as soon as I got on, I was like, wait. 
there's, I don't even know, hundreds of jobs posted every single day. Every single day for everything under the sun. And so many, the thing that was surprising for me when I first started out, because I had the same notions about freelancing. That's the thing. I was scared to start because I thought I had to have specific skill set. I thought I had to be in tech. I thought that freelancing was like the website Fiverr started out years ago as well. And it was like people just posting jobs you could do for $5. And I thought, oh my God, it's going to take me a million years to earning five bucks at a time. Like do Mm -hmm. anything like this is crazy. But that was very much like the original kind of the gig economy, people call it, where you're just doing a one-time, one-off gig. So I thought Mm -hmm. I'm kind of an introvert. I don't like the idea of talking to clients all the time and going out and finding new clients all the time. If I have to spend my entire life getting clients, I'm going to go nuts, right? So I had no concept of the fact that freelancing could be an ongoing thing that you could Mm -hmm. do basically kind of like part-time work for a variety of clients over different lengths of time in order to create a stable career. That was truly game-changing for me. And I had to just Mm -hmm. stumble into that by accident. But it was really going to Upwork and seeing the variety that was available. Everything from, yes, I need something done yesterday. I hired someone on Upwork. Like, can you start immediately? I have this thing broken on my website. I need you to fix this. And two hours later, they were done. Like that's how much I use Upwork. And you can go from that to other people I've known that have been with clients for five, six, seven years on Upwork. So yeah, it's definitely stable. (laughs) So tell me a little bit about you've been on Upwork before, right? You've decided to start looking for freelance jobs. And Mm -hmm. do you have any idea like what kind of space you'd like to work in? Yeah, so right now I'm currently looking for positions in like virtual assistants, customer service. So that's kind of my role right now, what I'm looking for. That's your role that you're currently doing in your day job or what you want to continue into doing with um, freelancing? Both. So I do currently work remote for a meal prep company. I do customer service with them. They're a small business. So honestly, I do not just customer service. I do many other things, which is really great because I feel like it's easy to transfer that to Upwork, right? Because again, they're entrepreneurs, small businesses, where it's not just one specific task. You know, They might need many different things as far as like virtual assistants. So yeah, definitely both. Yeah. Okay. I know I've got my eye on you for more of like an integrator type role, (laughs) which is like operations management integrator Mm -hmm. to somebody, the founder of a company being the visionary. I think you'd be a great person to step in and be that like person number two, who's their right hand, who runs everything. You've got that vibe. And I know what you're saying about the small companies too, because yeah, with startups, they need a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. And some people don't work well in that. Because I mean, freelancing is not for everyone. Like, I'm not trying to convert the entire world <laughs> into freelancers. There's some right. people that do really well with structure, but for so many of us, we crave something a little different every day, something that's just not, you know, go in and do the same repetitive thing all day, every day. And working with startups can be so amazing for that because you just get to wear so many hats and learn a bunch of things and do a little bit right. of everything. Yeah, it's expanding, it's learning, it's growing, it's developing more skills. I think that's where a lot of people just get so dissatisfied with their jobs is they do the same things over and over and it's monotonous. Yeah, and let's back up for a little bit too, because I want to talk a little bit about your story that I know a bit about that paralleled mine really well. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And again, I talk about this in episode one and two, but just like that arriving at 30, ending a relationship, a career, I moved away, sold my house, just like completely changed my life. I think friends and family probably thought I'd lost my shit. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's where I'm at right now. (laughs) Right? It's happening a lot though. And it's not just us. I'm noticing people all over. And as much as I travel to in different countries, people waking up and just going, I don't think I'm happy with my life. And I'm not sure, you know, maybe exactly what to do to change it. But my work 
is a huge part of what I do. Like it takes up my day. It takes up such a big chunk of our lives. And people are going, oh man, what do I do now? And the reason I get so passionate about freelancing is that you don't have to go back to school. You don't have to go, okay, I'm going to do something else, like another four-year degree or even a Uh two-year degree. You can change. I pivoted. (laughs) I started freelancing and like three months later, I had an $80 an hour client and was just like off to the races ever since. And that blew my mind. Coming Uh from the job I was in before, I was making 20 bucks an hour. (laughs) It was just mind-boggling. So tell me a little bit about your wake-up moment, your kind of wake-up season of life, if you will, I guess. Well, that moment is now. (laughs) You know, we're here, we're in it right now. (laughs) I think like you mentioned, you know, just not having to go back to school, right? So I originally went to school for psychology, wanted to be a therapist, still maybe somewhere down the road, we'll see. Pivoted from there and was like, physical therapy, let's do that. So went back to school, got my license that took six years, did that for a few years and was like, wow, this isn't what I thought it was going to be at all. And really just drained me, gave me the opposite of what I was looking for out of life. And I had this position with the meal prep company I'm working for now. They opened a customer service role. I'd worked for them for years in the past and was like, hey, let's give remote work a try. I think this might be something feels right. So kind of transitioned into that this last year. And that from there has really kind of sparked this change of, I don't need to be defined by my job. And what I thought I wanted from my career, what I thought it was going to give me, I can get that in so many other ways. So like, for example, a lot of my jobs are helping others. I know that my passion is people. And I thought for a while I needed to be like, have a service job. So therapy, physical therapy. And I've realized now like that's so easy to integrate into freelance. Like I can help entrepreneurs. I can help other people in so many other ways. And that's fulfilling to me. So yeah, in that transition just right now. Yeah. It's fascinating how sometimes it's quick. Sometimes it takes a while. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it just... Life has this kind of own pace of helping us figure out what we need. And Mm -hmm. my journey to freelancing was really quick from the day I decided I'm going to start freelancing to actually learning or actually landing that big client. But the journey in between took about two years between when I quit teaching and then actually started freelancing. It was I left teaching in the what like June when summer's out and then two years and then October. Because basically, yeah, I wasn't sure what to do. And I bounced around and I thought like I had to work for another company. Mm -hmm. I had to be a part of the traditional way that things have always been done. You leave one job you get your resume out and you dust it off and you start applying to other jobs and applying and applying and applying. And I had a job here, a job there. They were all, nothing lasts longer than 10 months. That was actually the one that things were going all right, but they laid me off. So it was just like, okay, I can't even catch a break here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But the thing that's so beautiful about it is because that company laid me off and I went and decided I'm going to work for myself. I don't know how to do that yet, but I'm going to do that. It taught me to just completely shift my mindset to where I am now in a proactive, way versus reactive. And I don't think I ever would have figured that out if that company hadn't laid me off. Because by laying me off, I was just like, oh my God, I'm so scared. Like, I don't know what to do. And it scared me so much because I was just like, every job I get from now on, I'm going to wonder like, when are they going to lay me off? Because it was traumatic in a way, you know? So that mindset shift is like, I can watch you going through it from some of our talks that we've had and stuff or seeing you go from, okay, like I have to keep doing the same thing that I've always been doing into, no, wait, I can kind of decide, take the things that you like to do, then find different ways to do them. And I think that's really cool. That's such an important thing to have like going on in your head as you're working through this journey. 
So tell me a little bit about the process on Upwork. How has that experience been for you actually going out and applying to jobs? Is it scary? Is it anxiety producing? Are you applying to jobs? (laughs) Yes. Not as often as I would like to, but I've probably applied to at least over 40 different jobs. I think for me, the hardest part is I get stuck on who I'm working for. So I want to make sure that I'm aligned with the business or what they're looking for. So I think that that's probably the hardest part for me personally. So you're very picky about who you want to work with. (laughs) Yes. Hey, that's good. That's good. I've been joking with my friends about like online dating and I'm like, I swipe on like one out of a thousand. I am oh, not even kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's same. very important, but I also have very good dates and I don't really ever have those horror stories that my friends same. have. Agreed. Exactly. Like, You've got to you be have... very, yeah. The people you spend your time with, very important to be picky and a job. Like it's so important. And I was the same way because I had worked for a company in the past who presented themselves one way on the outside, mm-hmm. but inside it was very toxic, very mm-hmm. messed up. And just not the healthy environment that you thought it would be going in. And that really stuck with me. And I thought, oh gosh, yeah, I need to vet my clients before I work with them. And again, another huge mindset shift when going into freelancing because as a nine to five or before, I was just like submitting my resume out and hoping that anyone would hire, right? And then when they do, you're like, okay, great, it's a job. And you just take it, even if you hate it. Mm-hmm. And to realize, wait a minute, I get to decide for my clients just as much. In the beginning, it's tempting. Like, oh my God, I just need work. I need anything. But it's really cool to just be able to go, no, I don't. This person seems toxic or off or just like my intuition is saying, no, mm-hmm. I'm going to decline this. Like freelancing gives you so much power and autonomy that I just felt like I never had in my career before. I was always like following around a boss or an HR person, like begging for <laughs> a mm-hmm. hire. Yeah. It's very different. It is. I was going to say, I noticed on Upwork, a lot of hostings still ask for your resume. You can send kind of like your pitch to them. There are so many companies that really don't give you a lot of information about their company. So like, there are many jobs out there, but there's not really a lot of information listed, which is difficult too. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, I wish I could go off on another tangent and just teach companies how to do Upwork posts because... Like there's so much room in this industry and like I want to teach everybody everything that I know. But yeah, it can be really hard sometimes to understand. I think the problem is a lot of companies don't know themselves what they're looking for. That makes sense. And I think a lot of them too are unfamiliar with how to use Upwork. So you get these really just like... Just like vague. Vague, yeah. Postings that are just very like, okay, I'm not quite sure... Yeah. So that can be an issue. And it leads nicely into what I was going to ask you next, which was, have you thought about going off platform and actually just cold pitching people that you find through your own research? No. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Have we talked about this yet? (laughs) Um. So this is my favorite way to go find clients. And I love it for you because... I know that you have like just very specific things that you're looking for in a client in terms of values and in terms of certain spaces where they are helping. You've mentioned those to me before, like on a phone call about how you want to work with people in in, in certain areas. So for you, what I would love to see you do, this is going to turn into a little (laughs) (laughs) workshop here. I would love to see you on Instagram, on LinkedIn, in Facebook groups, just creeping on the type 
people that you want to work with. Because here's the thing. Everyone looks like they've got their shit together online and no one has their shit together in real life. I mean, I don't have my shit together. I managed to have a couple great people on the team that make sure the podcast goes out and I somewhat hold it all together. And I don't air my mess on Instagram all the time, but it's messy. If someone showed up and said, (laughs) I've been following you for a while. You look like you could use some help. Here's some things that I could help you with. I'd be like, let's get on the phone and at least talk because I need help with lots of stuff, right? So most people out there on Instagram are just like me. They need help. You find these people online and go after the people that you specifically want. So if you've got like a a lifestyle coach or a healthy eating coach, someone doing fitness, that sort of thing, just I would have you just make lists of these people, like take down Mm -hmm. their Instagram info, all that kind of stuff, and just keep an eye on them for a little bit and kind of determine your niche. Maybe you follow some people for a while and you're like, wait, actually, this seems like it would be a bit complex and not something I want to get into or what have you. But just focusing on those people, then sort of lurk on their website, watch their socials, just look for ways that you could help. It could be as simple as a broken link. You see a broken link on their stuff and you're like, well, this is broken. And then you click around the webpage some and it's, oh my gosh, all this stuff is broken. Like, I don't know. And shooting them over a pitch saying, hey, I do this. Yada, yada. I've noticed these things. Offering free value in the sense of, I've been following you for a while and I noticed this could be improved. And also, mm-hmm. I'm the person that could help you improve it. It's just honestly the easiest way in the door all the time. <laughs> I get that. I got one a couple weeks ago, like a 17-year-old kid who's just like, I noticed your Instagram's not like going out all the time and I do videos and can we talk? So like, Sometimes people are listening to what I'm saying. (laughs) Now, what's scary about that? (laughs) Would you do that? Oh, man. Okay. So that totally makes sense, right? Like, it's like what you've talked about before. Oh, what did you call it? Like the golden ticket. Right, one of your podcasts, right? Someone yeah. just shows up and is like, hey, let me help you. I can do everything. <laughs> like, yep. that would be amazing. It makes yep. sense. I think what's uncomfortable for me is saying things, offering things that I may not necessarily know how to do. And I feel like for me, that's it feels like an integrity issue. I don't want to say, hey, I noticed this broken link. And while I could figure that out easily, I have no problem trying to figure that out, YouTube. Mm-hmm. I can do that. Mm-hmm. But to tell a client right there and then, hey, yeah, I can do that. I can fix it for you. Like that doesn't feel right because I don't actually know how to fix it. Okay. This came up somewhere. I've either written about this or... I think it's in one of your podcasts also. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was going to say, like, I've addressed this before. Like the mm-hmm. fake it till you make it type thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, because I don't condone lying. You know, I don't want people right. to feel uncomfortable. I know that I felt uncomfortable in the beginning. But it really was for me about trusting that I would figure it out, right? And usually it's not an instant thing. Like they're not just like, here's my credit card, fix it tomorrow. So it's really trusting yourself and knowing that you will do it. I had a client once ask me, we were talking about some other stuff and I kind of pitched him on a Pinterest strategy. And he said, can you do that for us? And I said, yeah, because I trusted that I would figure it out. And also I know that I'm the kind of person who, if he had paid me and I had like, waded into it and then been like, oh, this is a hot mess. Like I do not know how to do this. I would have given him his money back. So what ended up happening was I went and bought a $500 course on Pinterest and figured it out, put together this entire strategy for him. And then, yeah, I nailed it. Like it was so good. And it was going from zero. Like they had nothing in place. So like all I could do was improve. It's something that I understand. 
and get, and I think you're a good person for having that integrity. Like if you didn't struggle with that at all, that would be a little bit like mm-hmm. used car salesman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, Oops. Sales team. Like we'll, we'll say whatever we want just to sell the product. Like, it does. And I think practice helps just, even if it's not with pitching clients, try to look for areas where you can build up that trust in yourself doing the things that you say you'll do. Oh, okay. Like next week, you know, Saturday, I'm going to go to the gym or I'm going to run three miles, even though whatever, haven't run in ages, but like men following through on that. And it's just like, right. that. yeah, I do what I say I do. So it's not a lie. It's just a, I say that I'm going to run three miles on Saturday. Like I haven't done it yet, but I know that I'm going to do it, but it is scary. Oh my gosh. It's so scary. You know, the Keanu Reeves and the matrix where you can just like download knowledge. I wish I could just like be able to plug in <laughs> to right, like all my students right. while you're sleeping it's just mm-hmm. like this is the same things that i struggled with and it's so hard because it's only like a time thing i think somewhat because like now way over here on the other side i'm like oh my god i need good people all my clients need good people everywhere i go people need good people like you guys mm-hmm. there's so many good people mm-hmm. out there they just need help so it can be hard but i only got here by going through all of that the difficulty the self-doubt the worry the, the anxiety about all these kinds of things so i feel you so i have homework got it yeah, yeah. I think that'd be great for you. Like you are, great. oh my gosh, I'm waiting for you to tell me, hey, I so I can go full time ahead at this with somebody and I'll just be like, oh my gosh, I'll get on the list on the phone with my clients and just be like, I think I got somebody. <laughs> yeah, no, I think you're going to make an amazing right hand to somebody for sure in their business. I'm waiting for it. <laughs> Don't It'll wait come. for it. Go out and find it. No, yeah. <laughs> No, but that is a good thing to bring up as well. Like you are working part-time right now, right? And Mm -hmm. are you finding it hard to then, once you're off work, put in the time to try to go find clients and try to get things up and running? Yeah, definitely. I go through spurts. I think with most people, kind of when you start looking for new jobs, you're in that place of like, you're comfortable in your job, but part of you is obviously not. That's why you're looking for a job. But yeah, kind of in spurts of I'll be really motivated and I'll look every day and apply. And then I'm like, Oh, well, this isn't working or I'm not hearing back from anyone. But yeah, could definitely be pushing a little bit harder. No, and that's fair. And that's something I just wanted to address as well, because I was the same. Mm -hmm. In fact, the best advice I can give anyone for building their freelance career rapidly is to get laid off. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Because you don't have a choice. That was the only thing. Yeah, it was like, oh, crap. I got to do something about this. Because Mm -hmm. for the entire time that I was working at that company before, it was always tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Like, I'll do it tomorrow. Like, I know. I just, I'm traveling now and I'm doing this and I'm doing the other. And like, just, I call it like, just like that curse of tomorrow, that someday kind of thing. And it was only getting laid off where I was like, okay, I have to make something happen immediately. And so, yeah, (laughs) it's not practical advice because it's, you know, the ideal would be to keep your job and work a little bit, chipping away at its side. But there's all that like enjoying life as well that gets in there. So it's tricky. And I feel you on that. But I'm glad to hear that you're chipping away at it at least. Like that's, you have a set sort of dedicated day of the week or like just two hours every Thursday or something? Or how are you trying to chip away? Really? Um, so before, I would say definitely like a few weeks ago, I was kind of pushing a little bit more. So living right now, you know, I live over in Washington State, but I work Eastern time. So I'm typically off work by like 11am to 2pm. So it gives me most of my day, which is wonderful. So usually it was after work, I was able to just schedule time, a few hours here and there. Submit a few applications. Yeah, scheduling is very helpful. 
Yeah, that's the thing that I wish I had done because even if I had scheduled like two hours, three hours a week in my other job, I would have been so much further ahead (laughs) than like not doing anything for a year and then getting laid off and being like, oh crap, now I really have to get on it. So yeah, yeah, wish I'd done that. And another thing I want to bring up too and ask you about is like friends and family. Like what do they think of the freelancing route? Are you talking about it? Are you kind of just like, keeping it on the down low. <laughs> How is, how's that going for you? So friends and family know the journey that I'm on. I think that everyone is very excited about it. You know, prior to this or throughout, you know, the years I've also nannied. And for me, that is kind of like freelancing. Like I'm able to choose the families I work with. I'm able to set my own pay, things like that. So it's a lot of things that I have control over. Something that I'm already feel comfortable doing, like negotiating what I'm worth. And like I said, like picking out families that I want to work with. But yeah, so family and friends are like, oh, well, you've kind of already been doing this. So that's amazing. That's amazing. (laughs) Because a lot of times that is the struggle, like with people who don't understand it, or they still have that idea of, oh my gosh, this is so unstable. You're going to have to chase clients all the time. It's going to be a hot mess. So it's great to hear. Yeah, they've got supportive, wonderful, great people around you. You've got it all going on, girl. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) Uh, you didn't tell me that part before about, oh, I'm comfortable negotiating my value and all that. I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. I will say with like Upwork, it is a little hard too because, right, you're wearing many hats. So it's not just one role. And I guess it is very similar as far as like nannying. Like, I don't just nanny, I do many other things. Like, I nannying for an entrepreneur, a couple of entrepreneurs, and I did things in their business for them as well. But like with Upwork, it is hard to gauge what that price is, right? Because there are so many different tasks and they are a small business. So it's like, how do you find those $80 an hour clients? Off of Upwork. (laughs) Well, yeah. (laughs) No, so to be fair, there are... And I'm very upfront about the fact that I love Upwork for getting a little bit of a start, like getting your foot in the door and getting that confidence of like, oh my God, like someone picked me. Like, yay, I got got a freelance job. I got my very first freelancing job on Upwork. But what I don't like about Upwork is that you're still in that reactive kind of stage. It's very similar to applying for a job. You're putting your pitch out, your proposal out, just like you would your resume or job application. And you're hoping to hear something back. And you're competing with everyone else who applied for the same job. So the $80 clients (laughs) and stuff, $100 clients, I have found by going directly to them, the method I gave you before. Go Mm -hmm. find people where you're just like, I bet you need some help with something. (laughs) And honestly getting to just like talking and getting in with other like networks of people being able to be like this is what I do and having other people go and network for you because the more that I just travel and meet people they're constantly just like oh what do you do and I'll tell them what I do on the client side you know and they're just like you should talk to my uncle or you should talk to my brother-in-law or you should talk Mm -hmm. like business owners need help right there's this idea that owning your own business is the dream (laughs) And it is and it isn't. It is a lot of work. And yeah. at the end of the day, there's no one really to share that burden, especially for a lot of, like a lot of small startup founders. Like until they get mm-hmm. to the point where they're making enough money they can really grow and hire a big team, they're doing it all. And even though at night they're going to bed and going, Oh my God, this is insane. I cannot keep it up. I do have a bit of money. I need to hire somebody. But it's like when? Because Wednesday I've got my list of things to do. Thursday I got my list of things to do. There's no block of time in there for hiring somebody. 
So when you show up out of the blue, it's just like, oh my God, I didn't even have to hire an interview. To, you know, like, or not hire an interview. I messed that up, but you know what I mean? <laughs> I didn't have to go out looking for this person. Now, I will say occasionally there are some of those on Upwork as well, though. But like searching for tags like entrepreneur, startup, operations, day-to-day, all these things where you find people who have actually taken the time to put on Upwork. Because I know myself, I have looked on Upwork several times for myself and for clients to try to hire operations people, but not usually found great caliber of candidates. So if someone like you had popped up in one of my job listings, I'd have been like, oh my God, this is amazing. Because <laughs> a lot of people just aren't really putting quality behind their pitches and they're not really doing what you're doing and vetting the client, right? They're just kind of hoping for the best. And the nice thing about an hour clients, $100 an hour clients is that you need a lot less of them. You need two, one, you know, like depending on if you're doing 10 hours a week for this person, 20 for this rough, like you don't need a ton. And it's just like the craziest thing too, that just what I want everybody to know, (laughs) it blows my mind. Like when you do good work, they never want to get rid of you. Because like, imagine you've come in and you're like doing, you know, executive assistant stuff for me and you know everything about me. You know, like what foods I hate, you know, when my mom's birthday is, you know, all of my meetings are tomorrow and you know that I'm flying to wherever on Saturday. If you're like, hey, I quit. I'm like, ah, my whole life is ruined. (laughs) I got to go like figure all this stuff out for myself or hire someone else and train. Like it's Mm -hmm. a nightmare. So Mm -hmm. The same with some of my right-hand people for at, at different clients, hired them and brought them in and they've worked well for years. And then they go, you know, I was thinking about leaving because of XYZ or what have you, or this has changed. And it's just like, whoa, what can we do? Can we offer you more money? Can we offer you a different schedule? Can we like have you train someone else for two months and pay for all that before? Like mm-hmm. want to bend over backwards. I will say this. It is the 100% opposite of a lot of the nine to five jobs that I used to have where just like nobody seemed to care. Nobody seemed to even notice what you were doing. Nobody Mm -hmm. like good people would leave all the time because they could get better pay elsewhere. And like, it just seemed like the company didn't care. In the freelancing world, I've found when you're vetting clients, especially to the level that you're vetting them, you're getting in with good people, like people who are just like my clients are amazing. They're better people than me. I'm telling you. No. <laughs> You're wonderful. Uh, my team would disagree sometimes. I can be a hot mess and a pain in the ass. Well, they're oh, obviously still working for you. So yeah, that true. <laughs> okay. But did you have any questions that you wanted to ask that may be helpful for the group at large about freelancing, about whatever's holding you up right now? Like, what are you struggling with? Like, what's keeping you back from making 60k this year 100k this year i would have to say just going back to what we talked about before is being a little bit comfortable yeah and a little uncomfortable with like the next step of the unknown a little scary for anyone but yeah just making that full transition Mm -hmm. i'm able to i definitely have the space to (laughs) i think it's just time and pushing you know, it's interesting. And it's so funny because I've had to learn this, like back off and let people go at their own pace. Because like, the, once you've done it, you're just like, you want to cheer everybody else on, but it's impossible. Everyone has to go through it. And I was reading something the other day and it was basically, it was talking about how people don't change until something motivates that change. And sometimes it is a instant, like, boom, like this happens. You have to change tomorrow. Like my job layoff. Like, like it was just like, job, yeah. oh crap. <laughs> but sometimes it's a slower, more kind of 
long drawn out change. And then one day you wake up and you're ready. Or one day something happens, you meet a person and they have an opportunity and you dive in before you're ready. Um, I'll be here for your journey. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, you can reach out anytime if you ever need anything. But I'm like, got to sit on my hands and not want to be like, ah, come on, let's do it. I'm going to push you on. But yeah, it's it's your journey. (laughs) Yeah, it's your journey, (laughs) your speed. And yeah, that's just a hugely important thing, I think, because so often in in society today, there's this like, just push through it. Just, and it's like a very hard approach toward making change where I think there's something to be said for the softer, the listening and the going, okay, you know, you're working up to it right now. Just like talking to me, the stuff that you've done so far, like we've been talking since, I don't know, I think I was in Argentina when we first talked. So like six months, I don't know, working up to it. I'm excited to see where you end up. Thanks. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. This is my first time doing one with a guest and I don't think it'll be the last, but this has been fun. (laughs) Yeah, it's been so great. Awesome. Awesome. That was lame. Awesome. Awesome. Um, <laughs> Let's keep that. <laughs> right. Let's keep all that. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> Thanks, Miranda. And break. Bye. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to today's episode with Miranda. I had a blast recording that with her. As always, you can reach out to me on Instagram at liveworktravelig or via email at hello at liveworktravel.com. And if you'd like to get your hands on my freelancing course, you can go to liveworktravel.com forward slash escape. That's all for me. I'll see you next week.